0: Go ahead and have a seat. Welcome to Village Church. If this is your first time here. My name is Steve. I'm one of the pastors here at Village Church. And as always, I'm thankful and grateful to see each and every one of you. If you have a Bible, go ahead and open it to Jeremiah chapter one. We're going to be starting in verse four this morning. We're going to be in other areas of scripture as well, but that's going to be our jumping off point this morning. This morning, I'm going to tackle what for many is a difficult issue, a uh, I don't believe it is a complicated issue. It is the issue of abortion, the issue of life. We join with thousands of other churches this morning, speaking on and proclaiming what the scriptures have to say about the sanctity of life. Uh, there's two things that I get the most criticism on. Uh, sometimes I tell jokes that some of you don't like, and I don't care, they're funny. <laughs> The second thing is whenever I tackle the issue of abortion, I do receive some pushback. I remember uh, years ago there was a man who, who kind of uh, thought he was an expert in ministry, and he wasn't, but uh, he stopped me after a sermon that I had preached on the issue of life and criticized me and said, how do you know that there weren't women in your audience who, who haven't had abortions or have had abortions? How do you know they were there? And I said, they were. I know them by name. I know their stories. I know the regret. I know the guilt that they carry around. I know the steps of repentance that they have taken, the trust that they've exercised in the gospel, and I also know the conversations that they have with other young women warning them about the evils of abortion. We live in a nation that at this point is governed mostly by lies. And I don't say that to surprise you, because I know that many of you realize this, but for those of you that bristle at me making such a statement, my evidence for making that statement is that in the state of Virginia, it is legal to kill a baby through the second trimester. For as much as I am thankful that we have a governor who has stated and governed in many ways like a conservative, I will be honest with you, he has yet to do anything about this issue of abortion in a very real and meaningful way other than providing sound bites. He is what I would call and what many of us would call one of the good guys. I'm, I'm thankful for him, but on the issue of abortion, he is living by lies when it comes to the fight for life. I don't mean to mince for words this morning. I hope to present for you the reality of the Christian and biblical worldview that I hold too dearly. And the reason that I do that is for the hope that you will not live by lies. Instead, you will order your life and conduct your life in such a way that we can impact the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ in such a real way that we will continue to make headway in completely abolishing and outlawing the practice of abortion in our country. If you're new here, welcome. (laughs) On June 24th of this past year, 2022, something happened that I didn't think was possible in my lifetime. My faith was weak, and I've since sought repentance for my weak faith, but the landmark legislation of Roe versus Wade, which effectively legalized abortion across the United States, regardless of state law, was overturned, thus kicking the issue of abortion back to the state's. I praise God for that, and it's already saved tens of thousands of lives across the country. I read one statistic that said there's an abortion every 34 seconds in our country. As of January 9th, 2023, there are already 12 states that have enacted near total bans on abortion. Another 12 states have deep restrictions on the practice, and many states are already working on legislation to bring total near bans of abortion in their state. Our Republican governor has yet to put forward any meaningful legislation or do anything meaningful on this issue. And we must hold his feet to the fire so that he will not continue to be a coward on this issue. Just because he's a Republican doesn't mean we don't need to aggressively put pressure on weak men. We must not stop the fight for life. We must continue until it is completely outlawed to the extent that it is unthinkable to commit what is infanticide in the United States. I want to begin reading in Jeremiah chapter 1, starting in verse 4 this morning. The Holy Spirit spoke through the prophet, and he wrote this, Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations." Number one this morning, I want you to understand that life begins at conception, and that's an understatement. Life begins at conception. That is an objective fact. There's no leeway on that statement. There's no redefinition. There is no qualification that needs to be made regardless of how you feel. It's a biblical truth. Human beings, according to the scripture, were created and are continually born with special dignity. One thing must be clear on this. We must begin with an understanding that abortion simply cannot be derived from a biblical worldview. To be pro-abortion is completely incongruent with the Christian faith. This must be a fundamental of discipleship that we offer to people. We do not have an option to pick and choose the particulars of the Christian worldview. This is especially true on issues that go to the very dignity of human life. So understand, for the Christian, the origin of life transcends even conception, according to Jeremiah chapter 1. Life begins with God. It does not begin with me. And then physically, it begins at the moment of conception. God offers the physical view of his involvement of physically forming life in Psalm 139, starting in verse 13. Speaking to God in a prayer, the text says, For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. every day of your life. He's counted every breath that you will ever take, every decision that you will ever make. Every moment of your life has been orchestrated by a sovereign Father who has sovereign authority over every aspect of life. Now beyond that theological, objective reality, we can clearly see that science And our biological understanding of life continuously catches up with where the Bible has always been. This ancient antiquated book that many would call irrelevant is completely true, and science catches up with it. If you don't believe me, look at this. In 1973, now that was the year that Roe v. Wade was decided upon by the Supreme Court, no 3D sonogram was available to see babies smile at 20 weeks in the womb. Scott Klusendorf has stated that current embryology textbooks uniformly state that human life comes into existence at the completion of fertilization. This is a scientific fact, not just a theological, philosophical belief. Between 8 and 12 weeks, babies in the womb suck their thumbs. Between 8 and 12 weeks, facial sensory receptors appear. Evidence has been seen between 8 and 12 weeks that babies dream. Dr. Colleen Mallory, who is a neonatologist from Northwestern University, testified before Congress that thanks to 4D ultrasounds, at 8 weeks, babies have been witnessed responding to stimuli. The heart is pumping, a fingerprint is formed in that time. By week 12, in the womb, the baby can squint, open the mouth flex his or her fingers and toes. Between 13 and 20 weeks, nerve cells reach the cerebral cortex. The kidneys appear. Teeth start growing. And if we go back to what I was talking about last week, the gender differences between men and women, between, 12, 13, rather, between 13 and 20 weeks, female babies have been witnessed moving their jaws more than male babies. <laughs> Preparation for the future. <laughs> it's science. We've been told to follow the science. That's all I'm doing. <laughs> I'm no good. <laughs> Sometimes you see things, you know, like, I can't help myself. I got to get that in there. Between 13 and 20 weeks, the mother can begin to feel the baby's movement. Between 13 and 20 weeks, hormonal stress responses can be Measured. Sleep rhythms between 13 and 20 weeks of the baby can begin to be measured. Need I remind you that it is within the window where in Virginia it is legal to end the life of that baby. Now think about this. At 21 weeks in one day, I say that for a specific purpose, the Guinness World Record for Premature Survival was Curtis Zykeith Means. He was born on July 5th, 2020 at the University of Alabama Hospital at 21 weeks and one day or 132 days premature. And he not only survived, but is thriving to this day. Amazing medical technology that God has given us. At 21 weeks and one day, it's legal in the state of Virginia to end that life. Just this past two days, I was on a youth retreat with many of your children. Thank you for the opportunity. And I know that a few of them were born prematurely, very prematurely, and had to spend many days in the NICU. And I look at the lives that are thriving as teenagers today, and I thank God for the wonder of life. At 24 weeks in the womb, there is a 50% chance of survival outside of the womb. And consider this that of the over a million abortions that took place in our country last year, the majority of them were after 20 weeks. Many viable outside of the womb. Think about it in the United States, there are 38 states that have fetal homicide laws, meaning that if you were to murder a pregnant woman, you are charged with two murders. Consider that the issue of life does often win in the voting booth, as is seen by the legislation that's being passed over and over again to bring near total bans on abortion in states. Over 90% of abortions are issues of just convenience. No medical reason for it. The life of the mother is in no danger. It's not any of the outlying issues that many bring up over and over again. Over 90%. Too many times people attempt to qualify the debate with those outliers, with the mother's health. But what do you do in a society where that is not the rule, that is the total exception to the rule? When it's simply the baby is nothing more than an inconvenient truth. the life of the mother and the father, I want to be clear this morning, if I haven't already been clear, it is evil to murder a human being, regardless of age and regardless of ability. Every life is precious. You say, well, what if the child will be born with a mental disease or will be... Completely unable to communicate the days of their lives, unable to ever live on their own. I will tell you this: you could kill the winner of the Kentucky Derby from last year, and that will be a lesser evil than, conti- than killing any child with Downs syndrome. We now, remember well,'ve got to always see how much time I have. I remember when our firstborn, who's over here, is my man. I remember at 20 weeks, they wanted to do a test as to whether or not they would could see in the future in their crystal ball as to whether or not he would have Down syndrome, and the doctor looks at us at the ultrasound and says, you know, in the state of Virginia, if you're gonna do anything about this, you have to do something about it soon. I was so naive, I was ignorant, and I'm just like, what in the world was this guy talking about? Do something about this. We're already doing, we already did something about this, hey, hey, <laughs> but we're, 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 <laughs> Making sure my wife's not in here. But I might cut that for the next service. But uh, it took me a minute to catch up with him. And I realized he was talking about the issue of abortion. And I looked him square in the eyes. And I said, I don't think you understand. There's nothing you could tell me about this child that would bring us to end his life. Nothing. Human beings are born in the image of God. In order to strip... The dignity from the child, the term fetus, is now used rather than baby to describe life within the womb. Friends, that is a conditioning exercise to remove dignity and sanctity from human life. It is a baby in that womb. This reveals that science is not and never has been the primary motivation in the murders that take place in abortion. Instead, it is a fight by sinful man to take autonomy and authority over his or her own life, even at the cost of another. Number two this morning, God is the author and authority of life. There's more about authority than it ever has been about science and sin. Man desires to unseat God. I know this. In Salon.com, which is a popular liberal news site a few years ago, there was an article written by a liberal named Mary Elizabeth Williams, and the title of the article was, So What If Abortion Ends Life? The subtitle was that I believe that life begins at conception, and it's never stopped me from being pro-choice. In the article, she proclaims, and I quote, All life is not equal. That's a difficult thing for liberals like me to talk about, lest we wind up looking like death panel loving, kill your grandma and precious baby stormtroopers. At least she knows how to self identify. <laughs> Yet a fetus can be a human life without having the same rights as the woman in whose body it resides. She's the boss. Friend, nothing but evil can form that type of worldview. But it is helpful to understand the basis for the conversation, that it is not about proving a fact about human life. It is about a basic worldview. It is about human autonomy versus the authority of God. The response of this article to the discoveries of science, here's what she said. What difference does it make? I am in charge of my own life and have authority over the fetus. See, she has to dehumanize the baby. To the follower of Jesus, this is simply untrue, Because God exists and is involved in life and has ultimate authority. I know the conversation often devolves to someone making a statement, Such as, I don't want old men in D.C. making decisions about my reproductive rights or about my body. Men should have no say over my body. I don't want say over your body. I want you to realize God has authority over your body. We do not have authority over our bodies. I do not have ultimate authority over my body. God has authority over my body. This is the exaltation of self above God. It is God who has authority. He is the giver of life. Life is in His hand, and we answer to Him and Him alone. Friends, our feeble, transient existence on this earth is enough to show us that we are not in control. This is, of course, the point of Psalm 33, 6 through 9. The psalmist writes and says, By the word of the Lord the heavens were made. By the breath of His mouth all their host. He gathers the waters of the sea as a heap. He puts the deeps in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of Him. For He spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. Therefore, understand a Christian does not believe that anyone is free to do whatever he or she pleases or wants with his or her own body, much less do you have authority over the body of another. I don't care if it's in your womb. It's not your body. It belongs to God. He has the authority. Friends, I mean to tell you that this is the basic worldview of Genesis 1.27. And the author states, he says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. What I mean to say is a person is a person, no matter how small. (laughs) We understood this at one point in time. But someone must now stand up for the life of the innocent. For the life of those who are the most vulnerable. The life of those who can do nothing to defend themselves. And that is... The life of a baby. This worldview is furthered in Romans 14, starting in verse 7. The apostle Paul writes, and he says, For none of us lives to himself. None of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord. If we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. We belong to Him and to Him alone. Now there are women who publicly proclaim that their success in life can be attributed to their ability to procure an abortion. Note they won't call it that. They will call it reproductive rights, or now it's been even furthered and perverted into reproductive justice. It's nothing more than an injustice, though, to the baby. There was a famous actress. I'd never heard of anything that she's been in, but other people, I guess, have. They, she made a speech on the steps of Congress, I won't tell you her name, you can Google it later, defending abortion in 2018, which many other pro-abortion influencers have also made. In the speech, she stated that her career, her car, her house, her family, all happened because she was able to have an abortion. She, and I quote, she said, and she actually screamed this, I won't, I have all of this all of it, because, because, because I was allowed bodily autonomy at 15. Note that she won't state what it is. She she calls it bodily autonomy. What she means is she was able to murder an innocent baby when she was 15. I will say this is radical honesty in which she states that her entire life is built on the foundation of the murder of an innocent baby. And she proclaims it loudly. She proclaims it in a way there's no shame. She expects to be applauded for her murder. Think about this. She counts her car and her house as more precious than the life of a child. She won't even have that car in 10 years. Yet, In the eyes of an unbelieving world, this is the secular worldview on display. I need you to understand that. Life is not precious in the secular worldview. Possessions are. She goes on to say in the same speech that she now has two children, who are very lucky to be alive, by the way, because if they had stood in the way of her getting a new Toyota Prius, she would have proudly killed both of them. Friends, if there is a God, and by the way, there is, and he authored life, which by the way, he did, then that God has absolute authority over his creation, meaning he has absolute authority over you, meaning he has absolute authority over me, meaning that I don't get a say. He does. If Jesus is God, which by the way, he is, then God is not disconnected from reality. Instead, he is imminent in his interactions with us on a very personal level. He is involved in every moment of our lives. But the question then must be, why don't people simply submit to that reality? Why aren't the facts of this enough? And Romans 1 explains it. Romans 1.18, it says that the unrighteous suppress truth. And then in verse 24 of Romans 1, the author Paul states, Therefore God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie, and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. A society, then, that would hold an automobile above the life of a baby is a society that worships and serves the creature rather than the creator. You are seeing the logical extent of the madness of the secular worldview. That's what it is. This is where the lie of human autonomy and self-rule come from. Our only hope then is to aid people in understanding the root of the problem, sin. No human being has authority over his or her own body. Only God has that authority. And it is in sin that we have Tried to take that authority onto ourselves, we must look to God as to how His authority over us should look every day. And He's told us that in His Word. Friends, it is rebellion against the rule of God for man to assume control over the self as well as the lives of others. And I can specifically, when we talk about the issue of life, we must go directly to the issue of the unborn. But we're beyond that in our society because all over the world spreading as though it is a pandemic, we have the issue of assisted suicide, (coughs) euthanasia. Friends, even if suffering is coming, you do not have the authority to end your own life. Only God has that authority. Suicide is a grievous evil in soul and society, and it must be treated as such. Assisted suicide is no different. I don't care if you can get a prescription where they will mail you one pill. Friend, life is suffering. And in our suffering, we give God glory through every moment of it. And to end it prematurely, Is to seek to steal the glory of God for the glory of self. Just, this must be understood as immoral and evil. The only hope of communicating redemption is to be willing to call them what they are. Romans chapter 10 says, how will they know if they are not told? They won't. It will continue to cascade into further levels of evil in soul and society. Just last week, Congress passed a bill that would require health care providers to try to preserve the life of an infant born alive during or after an attempted abortion. Yes, an inconvenient moment, especially if you're trying to kill your baby we're not talking about life inside of the womb at that point. We're talking about life outside of the womb that can be preserved. That bill passed Congress 220 to 210. I don't think it will survive a democratic Senate. I certainly know it will not survive a democratic president who probably can't even find a pen to sign it. Uh Uh-oh. I don't care. 220 Republicans voted for it. 210 Democrats voted against it. Only one Democrat seemed 219 Republicans voted for it. Only one Democrat from Texas, because he knew if he went home, they'd string him up. But one Democrat from Texas voted for that legislation. Friend, I know this may not sit well with many of you, but to vote against this is to vote for infanticide literally. It's murder. Stop telling me, friends, that there aren't clear differences between Republicans and Democrats. The Democratic Party in the United States in 2023 is the party of death. Even if on every other issue I agree, I will not bend on this, if your party owns abortion as a sacred right. You will not ever have my vote. This is where for the follower of Christ the conversation must go. When dealing with these issues, we are dealing with the incongruence of opposing worldviews. There is and will continue to be division without this bridge being built to take the message of an authoritative God to those who ignorantly assume their autonomy over their own lives. And this is where Christians have missed the mark for a very long time. Many have compromised on these and other issues that we must understand are closed-handed issues that are not debatable, friends. All the way back in 1981, 41 years ago, almost 42, apologist Francis Schaeffer, one of my heroes, noted that Christians have been foolish on this issue of abortion. Friends, he said that almost my entire lifetime ago and we're still not listening to him. He says that we have treated this issue focusing on the bits and pieces of the particulars of abortion inside of our worldview and where can we compromise and where can we make this more palatable for people. And Francis Schaeffer noted in 1981 in his great work, The Christian Manifesto, he said we have a complete failure as Christians to face the total worldview implications of abortion that they are rooted in a false view of reality itself. And he said, to our shame we compromise over and over, so much so that at this point I know many of you, and I understand in a lot of ways many of you would rather die than have a conversation about abortion with an unbeliever. Because your whole strategy is bound up, if I can just convince people I'm nice enough, if I can just convince people I'm agreeable enough, if I can just convince people that I understand all the different reasons that they suppress truth. Some of you are going to be really disappointed when you meet Jesus and He's nothing like Mr. Rogers. Nothing at all. He's not the nice guy down the street. He's the Lion of Judah. Scripture says He will come from heaven on a horse and written down both of His thighs, King of kings and Lord of lords. Not super nice guy here to make you a cup of tea. He's the sovereign ruler of all that is Jesus has a backbone. And do you think he's going to compromise on any of his beliefs? No, because he designed everything that exists. This issue is not complicated. This issue is very simple. Number three, understand the fight for life is about God's will. Abortion is not the will of God. Therefore, we cannot... And I will not ever support it. Now understand, the gospel of Jesus Christ is what restores us to God's authority. And track with me just for a moment, and I'll, hopefully you'll understand why I include this text. In Romans five ten through 11, the scripture tells us, For if, while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by His life. More than that. We also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. So this text starts with a premise. The premise is opposing God makes you an enemy of God. That is a gospel centered fact. There is division here that can only be removed by one thing, and that is trusting in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when that gospel is trusted, the relationship between you and Jesus Christ is made whole. But it only comes, that reconciliation only comes through submission to God's gospel. Therefore, faith in the gospel is about life change. And as a believer, you are changed to where you love God's ways and seek to submit every part of your life to God's ways. Therefore, living as a disciple and spreading the message of the gospel is necessarily the foundation of the fight for life. That we as Christians are no longer enemies of God. Therefore, we live in such a way that we point to those who are the enemies of God because of their disbelief in the gospel. And we expose their faulty world views. Our view of children then must be transformed into God's view of children. Note what Psalm 127, 3-5 shows us about God's love of family as a fruit of the Christian worldview. The text states, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb, a reward. Is that how you view your children? Or do they just inconvenience you and you spend most of your time trying to get away from them? Children are a reward. They're the heritage from the Lord. Children of the future. I mentioned earlier that I was on a youth retreat this weekend with many of your children. And at one point I was sitting in the room listening to a message being preached. And I look at the children and I had this thought knowing that this message was, was coming. I knew I was looking at the future. I was looking at Tomorrow. I was looking at what we invest in to create a heritage for ourselves. It is not my house, it is not my car. It is not my career. My future is bound up in the lives of our children. And we must begin to look at them in that way. The text continues in the psalmist writes, he says, Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. Friend, I will tell you, if you want to know what to do in the fight for life, for many of you, a step in following Jesus in a pro-life way is to be transformed by the gospel to love your children rather than painting them as a drudgery to the world around you. Your children are a blessing. They are a gift from God. They are a reward from God. I'll tell you, I've known a lot of parents, and the problem is never the child. So, who else could it be? Moving on. For some of you, the fight for life begins by repenting of selfishness, loving your children, forming a gospel centered joy in child rearing. Stop saying the best part of my day is wine o'clock. Weak. Grow up. Be an adult love your children got a teenager now he's going too fast my job in many senses will be over in a few years he'll become the man that he's going to be that's a reward that's a heritage I love every second of it. I don't want to miss anything. I don't want to put them off on someone else. I want to be there. I want to be present. I want to be in the room. I want to be hands on. I love them. Do you love your children for others of you? You need to repent of selfishness. You need to grow up and you need to start having babies. You need to realize that your life is not measured By being young forever and I'm perpetually going to be young and I'll have children when I'm 40. Do you know the health risks? You're not getting any younger, kids. Don't wait 10 years into your marriage to then decide to introduce children into it. I know there are exceptions because of medical reasons, but if you can have babies, have some babies. Get married, have children, raise them to the glory of God, make some disciples. You know, the most... The people that struggle with discontentment the most, the people that are like, I just need more discipleship, are people that won't have babies. You want to know why? Because you're bored. Because God didn't design you to be 32 and working on your career forever. God designed you to be young, have babies, enjoy them, kick them out of the house, be grandparents. It's only in Christianity. That those who have sinned against God in abortion can find the wholeness and restoration that they need to move forward totally forgiven. I mentioned I know women that have had abortions and have later come to faith in Jesus Christ. And I will tell you, the story of God's work in their lives is always amazing. The forgiveness that Jesus Christ has wrought for them personally. It proves the text where Jesus says, he who is forgiven much loves much. And in that restoration, I will tell you, every single one of them fights for life. God wants us to be involved in bringing about His will on earth. We are to live our redemption out in this world, and that means living a life of action against things that are not God's will. Ephesians 5 puts it this way, starting in verse 8. At one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. Try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead what? Expose them. Expose them. You have an obligation to care about this. You must care that babies are being murdered and that our laws do not reflect God's will. It is not optional for you to be involved in this. We have an obligation to treat this with the seriousness that murder deserves. Friends, this is not the same as arguing over the marginal tax rate. This is murder. Advocate, be vocal, do not shy away from conversations about life. I mean, I'll be specific enough to say, if you have people in your life that you are close to that advocate for abortion, that should be a continuously unsettling reality for you. That should be weird. You should begin to wonder, do I have any rules where friendship is concerned here? Why won't I advocate for life with these people? I mean, imagine if you had people in your life advocating that child abuse is okay. Would you over that once weekly lunch you have with your friend? Endure a statement such as, you know, beating children is good. By God's grace, I hope you would say something. I hope you would treat that with the seriousness that it deserves. Then why are you silent on the issue of abortion? Pro-choice people should be ostracized in our society. They want to ostracize me for fighting for life. Well, yeah, back at you. You should be ostracized. You should be ashamed. There should be no teachers allowed who are pro-choice. There should be no dog catchers allowed who are pro-choice, much less elected officials. There will never be an authority figure if I have anything to do with it in the lives of my children who believe that the murder of babies is okay. You think that's not going to rub off on them? Friend, The response and action on this account starts with repentance for some of you from an unbiblical view of life. If you are, friend, I will tell you in love, if you are in here this morning and you are in any way pro-choice, pro-abortion, you need to repent of your sin. You are in sin if that is your belief. Some of you also, you need to repent of an unbiblical view of parenthood and family. Some of you need to repent of your apathy and indifference. We must all repent of our prayerlessness. This past year has taught us what is possible. This is a fight we are going to win. This must inform how we vote. A pro choice candidate, I want you to hear this a pro choice candidate is equivalent to a pro rape candidate. And why do I say that? Because I'll tell you, if any politician in the world got up tomorrow and said, I believe rape should be legalized, it's a wholesome thing, right? None of you would vote for that candidate. You'd be a madman. You'd be immoral. You'd be kicked out of any club that you're in. You'd be fired from your job for voting for such a candidate. Therefore, I know every single one of you is a one-issue voter. So stop pretending you aren't. You've just conditioned yourself to believe that abortion isn't worth it. Abortion is a heinous evil in soul and society. Therefore, I will tell you personally, if any candidate is in any way pro-choice, pro-abortion in any way, I will never vote for that person because it would be a sin for me to vote for that person. Be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Get off the sidelines. Engage people. Friends, the Republican Party, more or less, only gives us sound bites that are an opiate for the masses. They do nothing. Every member of GOP leadership should be voted out of office until we can finally get someone with a backbone that will stop just telling me what I want to hear and put forward legislation that abolishes abortion once and for all. They are cowards. The whole lot of them Amen. do something. Don't just talk. Support Pregnancy Resource Centers. Our church officially supports the Richmond Pregnancy Resource Center, which many of our members volunteer at. A few of them are on staff. They save lives every single day. And I will tell you, they are in the trenches fighting against the evils of the pro-choice lobbyists. Get on Village Church Online's outreach page. Join it because we'll give you places locally to get involved. There is a place for for us to boycott. There is a place for us to picket. There are places for us to proclaim this to the masses. But for many of you, you know where this starts? This is just going to start with you caring about your own family. And discipling your neighbors because they know that they have people that care about children next door to them. Some of you need to adopt. Some of you need to get involved in the foster care system. Friends, I understand that in an audience this large, there are people with real um, reproductive issues. Where it's a painful thing for you. I will tell you, I've had many friends that go through that. Ministered to many people through that. And every one of them, I've said, you know what, the suffering in your life may be that God is showing you it's His will for you to adopt. He's putting you in the position for that. It's a painful ministry oftentimes. But friends, it's the will of God because we love life. Proclaim the gospel, get into arguments with people. I don't advocate for that all the time. But on this one, grow a spine. Tell people that they are in sin and preach the gospel. Proclaim it. Raise fiercely Christian children so that they will be pro-life. Make disciples to engage the culture with the Christian worldview. I've gone far too long. A few application points this morning. Number one, trust what God says about life and stand firm. Don't move. I don't care how convincing the argument is. I don't care how much they made you cry. We do not support the murder of babies. Don't let anyone convince you that it's okay. Secondly, pray for God to change people and laws. He will. Thirdly, celebrate family. Celebrate family. I'm a father. It's hard. But it's the good kind of hard. It's the good kind of difficult. I love every second of it. And I'm probably more annoying to them than they are to me. Oh, he's not even looking at me. See? (laughs) He doesn't care. Fourthly... Engage people with the truth of the Christian worldview because it is truth. And then fifthly, vote for leaders that will fight for life and pressure them to do something. Talk is cheap. I want to see legislation.